This is Object to This, an Ace Attorney fan cast. I'm Stephanie. Ah, yes, the dog spit my favorite wrinkle cream. I'm Michelle. Don't look at what's in my mouth. Jingle, 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 jingle. <laughs> I, I usually try to think of something to say like about what you said, and uh, I, I, I failed. I'm sorry. Jingle, jingle. Oh, Ominous oh. jingle. Jingle, jingle. Beep, 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 beep. Oh no! Oh no! That's the news. It's flatlining. Oh, the news. We have to save it. Everyone, stand back. Stand back. Shh. Clear. Do it again. <laughs> it's still coding. Ah ah. Clear. Beep beep beep. Oh my god! Beep. The news. It's the news. Been, it survived. <gasps> the news is. The news is. Is the news stable? The news is. What's this? I'm getting. I'm getting the feed out of the news, which is how we get it. And it says, "I want some coffee." Coffee, coffee. I, mean, <laughs> I could run. I can run and get some. In, I have some instant coffee in a cup right now. Oh, it's a little more and a crepe. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. That's gonna take some time. News. That's gonna take some time. Or perhaps should I fly the news to Japan? You should fly the news to Japan because the Capcom Cafe in Japan is going to do a special Ace Attorney themed menu. That's right, everybody. In August. Come August, Japan will have the Capcom Ace Attorney-themed cafe. Right. And I looked, and I don't think the menu is out yet. Otherwise, we could, like, just sup on that for, uh... (laughs) However, it's not... (laughs) They did give us was a a piece of fan art as a consolation prize worldwide. If we're not in Japan, we could have some fan art. It's not fan art. It's official art, I guess. It's official art, although it is, like, spin-off official art. Yeah, um, um, I'm not looking at it this second, but we can we can play let's... everyone's favorite game. Stephanie and Michelle describe art. It's called it's uh it's Clavier and Apollo and Phoenix and Maya and Miles all standing in front of a cafe dressed like uh in apron like cafe uniform apriny things. Um, uh, I'm not looking at it either. That's from memory. Yes. So uh, uh everybody is looking like they're living their best lives. Uh, it's in front of this like brick cafe, you know, it's very quaint looking. Phoenix is got just uh just a vest on, so does Miles, uh regular tie, regular cravat, and they both look good. Uh, Apollo looks very flustered, like he's very he's very serious though. Um he's also just got a vest and he's got a blue bow tie. Apollo, uh, interestingly, is the only one so like Phoenix, it's like you took off his normal vest mm-hmm. and you put on although he doesn't have the the dangly hair, so it's original era Phoenix. Um, oh, you're right. You, yeah. So it's like instead of his blue vest, he has a black vest, and then he's got an apron around his waist, one of the long cafe aprons, right? Apollo, mm-hmm. however, he's got his sleeves rolled up, but he's in a like a wingtip shirt, like a tuxedo shirt. Yeah. He dressed up for this. He really did dress up for this, but like per, per like per classic, he does not have. All of them are wearing. All the men are wearing uh long the long. Uh, cafe aprons. Play uh, Ga- your fucking Gavin was just like, Achtun, baby, I will put on an apron and take a picture with you because he's just wearing like suspenders and this apron. His normal weird sh- like, purple shirt, too. Yeah, and his big old neck, chunky necklace. The suspenders are very strange, I will say. Maya's there, but she's dressed like a sort of more in a the French maid style, like the, the, the J- Japanese French maid thingy. Um, but her accent bows are red and is very cute, and uh, she looks very cute. And I can't tell how old she is in this, if she's young Maya or old Maya. <laughs> uh, is it? I think it's young Maya. 
based on like the the top of her head. But that's really the only way you could kind of even tell the difference. I think it's young Maya. Yeah. Um, and so now we can play the speculation game of what are on their trays. Maybe those are going to be reflective of what's in the cafe. Oh, that's true. So Gavin has Gavin cups. <laughs> yeah, so his his look like little half, like, or little coffee cups, like the, the squat ones. Yeah, like a latte cup. Yeah. Uh, not a tall one, but a fat one. Yeah, round and fat and short. Uh, Apollo's got a menu, so he's useless. (laughs) (laughs) But he's trying his best. Phoenix has two clear plastic cups and then a bottle of oil, like a bottle of oil and vinegar. (laughs) What? Bottle of oil, bottle of vinegar. It could be ketchup and mustard, but they look to me like unmixed salad dressing components. Yeah, like I would say one looks like oil, the other looks like ketchup, (laughs) which is not helpful. Maybe it's kombucha. I uh, potentially out of left field if the Ace Attorney Cafe is doing kombucha. Yeah, let's skip Maya. Let's go to Edgeworth first. Soup. Soup? <laughs> Question mark. I think in this blown up photo over here, it's got handles, so they're just more flat cups without the Gavin logo. More on flat them. cups, but they could be. They could have been soup. Hey, we could have lived in a world where Edgeworth is bringing soup. <laughs> now, now Maya's got the most interesting tray, which is to say she's holding it delicately with like three fingers. And the largest parfait. The parfait is the size of her face. Yeah, I would say, yeah, the in- the entirety and the bo- the bowl vessel is the shape of her face. Yes. Not like that it has eyeballs and a-, and a mouth, but I mean like how you have a chin and it points down. That's the vessel and it is it is layered and it has strawberries and, and whipped cream on top or ice cream. That's a steel samurai cookie? thing on top that is a steel samurai cookie on top and two sticks of either pocky or um pirouettes the, yeah the pirouette cookies and then a big old pointy thing which looks like the samurai spear uh that's probably what it is but i can't tell what it is and then it's garnished with strawberries also yeah so i mean not that i'm gonna go to japan uh anytime this year or soon not that uh, japan would let us in <laughs> Not that Japan should let us in either, but I will. I will say I would probably want to eat the shit out of that. That looks delicious. It it looks great. I would eat that too. Now, if you could have any sort of Ace Attorney flavored cafe item, what would it be? Hmm, because it's because it's a Japanese cafe, right? So they right. it's it's not like necessarily limited to how cafes here are, and where it's like your your pre made pastries. And cookies. Right. It's not a Starbucks experience. Yeah, it's not a Starbucks experience. It's definitely like a uh, more of a restaurant cafe, but it's like light fare and then desserts, right? Right. Um, so I think what I would like is I would like to try those fluffy pancakes that Japan is I was for. about to say the jiggly pancake. Yeah, I would love a jiggly pancake. And if like, I don't really know how those go, but like if you wanted to put like a samurai face on it. Or, you know, like, a design on top. That's cool. Uh, If you want to put a filling in there, you could put a bit of red bean in there. I think that would be good. Could do a Shelly the Killer ice cream cone. Ooh, Shelly the Killer, like, uh, shaved ice or something would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, Um, But I don't, yeah, the Jiggly Pancake, I don't know if I would want it to be necessarily Steel Samurai themed. But, you know, why not? You know, we're... 
No, it doesn't have to be. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to make it Ace Attorney relevant. I would just definitely like to eat a big big fluffy jiggly pancake. I'm trying to think of something on the more savory end to to add to this, and I can't think of of what uh, that would be. What about like well, I I don't think a cafe in Japan would have like savory flavored chips, but let's pretend. <laughs> Poutine. <laughs> Some poutine. Look, I want Canadian Judge Poutine. Canadian Judge Poutine would be a great, a great addition. They're not going to do it, but I want it. No, but I want it now. I would have my savory uh, Canadian Judge Poutine before I then dig into my huge, as big as Maya's head, steel samurai parfait. <laughs> I guess the the pancakes could be Manfred uh, branded of some. Oh kind. yeah, Manfred Jiggly pancake. But I probably wouldn't order them then. Um, uh, you know, so you know the the picture Maya draws on the card of like Shelly the Killer's logo, but makes it into Phoenix's face. Yeah, I would want that on a pastry somehow, or like a pastry shape like that. That would be fun. That'd be a lot right? of fun. Be fun. Uh, a magnetama shaped something could be fun, but I don't know how or what. No, I'd like a gr- a nice green tea matcha cake. That'd be mm, yummy, like layered cake. Yeah. I'd be into that. Hey, maybe I just want cake. I always want cake. That's just a constant of my life. Anyway, so we can't go to Japan. Uh, We won't go to Japan, but we got this fan art and we've got uh, the news. Can't say it's stable, but it's 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 here right now. It's yeah, it's still it's still hanging on for right now. I think that it's it's spoiler time though. It is spoiler town time, which is to say. Hey everybody, remember Investigations 2? That stream is still ongoing, and we finished the second case. Yay. We're trucking along. Uh, We're deep middle? Deep? Into the third case now. Yes. Just starting? It's hard to tell. It, it is hard to tell. There's a lot of segments in the third case. Yeah. But let's talk um. about the second case. So we're going to talk about the second case, which means if you don't want any spoilers for Investigations 2, now's a good time to stop listening. Uh, And next time we're going to talk about Prison Pets, because we realized that this case was longer than we expected. So we're going to talk about the case details, maybe talk a little about pets, but most of your pet prison pets and... Ranking the animals in Ace Attorney. Yes, uh, that will be probably next 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 month. Yeah talk a little bit about pets at the end but um those of you who are like oh no i don't remember anything that happened in the second case that's okay we're gonna go over it so yeah so uh, spoiler time for the imprisoned turnabout case two of miles edgeworth investigation prosecutor's path first my first note is that i do think that the case names are getting tired (laughs) 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 then again turnabout sisters was not good when it happened and that was pretty early on so maybe the case names have never been good They've never been good. I mean, I want to remind you the first name of the first case was Turnabout Target, which is a nothing sentence. Yeah, but it has alliteration, so I'm kind of into it. Gotcha. Okay. Well. Turnabout Target. And also targets can turn, so like that's a play on words, right? But the imprisoned Turnabout is just like, it's about a prison. <laughs> Put the word Turnabout there. Hey, got it. All right. Okay, so. Walk us through, Michelle. If you remember the first case... Fake assassination of the Zheng Faiyun president. Um, his bodyguard murdered another bodyguard. Okay, so it's been two days since that. Um, Edgeworth is going to prosecute Horace Knightley, the guy who who did the the bad 
So we're at the de- detention center to interrogate him, and Kay's here, and we're just standing around kind of like, well, it's taken a long time for him to bring the guy out. Well, guard runs out, he's like, he's been murdered. Oh, beans. And we're like, oh, beans. So, but weirdly, it's in the prison area, not the detention center. So the detention center is on one side of the building, and then there's a big, huge door, like a bank vault-style door, and then there's a long pathway, and then there's the prison. So we're like, it's weird. He's He hasn't been convicted yet. He's not supposed to be in the prison. Uh, but anyway, he's in one of the workrooms, and he's been stabbed in the neck, and there's a striped tarp all over him, and some mud, and a prisoner-issue rubber glove. And so we're looking at this, and we're like, hmm, curious, when this random dude comes in, and he's got big hair and a hat, and his name is Raymond Shields. And he's like, well, that's my client there on the ground. <laughs> Whoops. Um, but actually, I'm here to start some shit with you, Miles Edgeworth, because you betrayed uh, your father and you work for Manfred von Karma. And Edgeworth is just kind of like, get the fuck out of here, Ray. What are you talking about? He kind of, Edgeworth kind of ignores this thoroughly enough to be like continuing with the investigation. So he's like, this is this prison is really tight security. Nobody's supposed to work in this workroom. How'd this body get here? And also, like, how do the prisoners exit and leave? Well, the prisoners wear a security guard, like a security bracelet that sets off alarms and electrocutes them, question mark, whenever they leave a room. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So we walk out and we're like, eh, interesting. And there's fucking animals everywhere. Everywhere. And it turns out that their rehabilitation in this prison involves giving each prisoner a pet a special pet that's special just to them, all their own, to help with their rehabilitation. And the pets are chipped so they can go enter and leave any door at any time freely. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's cool. Um, when, we, when we discover all these animals, we also see this big black dog with a bell around its neck. And it hates Edgeworth, man. It just hates him. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're like, well, I guess we should talk to the prisoners. Meanwhile, Ray's back here like, hey. Hey, we got beef still. <laughs> no, we don't. Ray, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> so we talk to the first prisoner. His name is Jay Elbert, and he's kind of a stereotypical, like, gaunt, scarred dude, pointy dude who's uh, he's a boxer, so he's always punching, doing boxer things. And his pet is a baby polar bear who likes to hang around his neck and be very cute. And very sweaty. And very... Everyone's sweaty. Yeah, everybody involved is sweaty. So, Jay, you talk to Jay Elbert and it's agonizing. But eventually we <laughs> eventually we get the information that he heard a scream. No, the scream wasn't somebody screaming, I've been stabbed. Well, actually, he <laughs> didn't hear a scream. His neighbor heard a scream. And then also he has a lot of contraband in his cell and he gets it from the supplier. But before we can find out more, uh, this judge lady shows up, Judge Justine Courtney, and rookie prosecutor Sebastian DeVest. Um, Sebastian, it looks like he's wearing a school uniform with a coat over it. Hold on, Michelle. I have Skelly meowing, and it's starting to pick up on the audio. (laughs) Skelly. Skelly. You either have to come here or go away. Pick one. Skelly's your prison pet. My, I have a prison pet, and it's it's Skelly the Skeletor, meower of my face. Yes, you. I I see that this is barricade, so you couldn't come here, but you can come here. I'm. See this lap? 
You want to come up? Okay. All right. You may continue. <laughs> okay, good. Just like Rocky, the polar bear. Um, do you want to just describe Judge Courtney? Sebastian's hair looks like a question mark on his head, and then when you own him, uh, which happens frequently, it turns into an exclamation point. Um, but do you want to just describe Courtney? Uh, Courtney uh, physically looks like uh, she's got like long judge robes. She's got like a, a white thing on her. She's got a huge gavel that she can extend into like essentially a, a very long staffed hammer. Uh, she's got a big old like braid that goes around the top of her head. And she is basically a paladin RPG character put into <laughs> the wrong game. She's definitely giving you strong crusader like I do this for the goddess of law vibes. And yeah. she says actually that a lot. Like she yeah. says by the by the name of the goddess of law. So she acts like a paladin in a classic D and D game. Yeah. So Justine Courtney and Sebastian DeBest show up and they say, "Get Elbert out of here. He's gonna go to solitary confinement and you know repent for his shit or whatever." And Edgeworth's like, "Hey, I was talking to him." And uh, so she tells Edgeworth that actually she's here from the prosecutorial investigation committee, which has always been a thing, clearly. <laughs> Um, and they have determined that Edgeworth's actions in the last case, where he entered international territory by going into the president of Zengfa's plane, um, overstepped his authority and violated international law. And Edgeworth's like, yeah, but I discovered the truth. And she's like, mm-mm, buddy, mm-mm. Uh, that's, that's bullshit, and it's against the rules. He's like, yeah, but... The truth, and she's like, this ends justifies the means mentality is dangerous, and the rules need to be upheld, and if you continue, I'm going to take your badge away. And Edgeworth is like, okay. <laughs> like, he's he's honestly very unfazed by this. Yeah. Uh, Gumshoe is pissed, though, and so Edgeworth's <laughs> like, Gumshoe, it's okay. You do your job. You stay with Sebastian DeBest, who's the new prosecutor on the case. And then because Edgeworth, we've... like, swears a blood oath that he will return. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so up to this point, we've had Gumshoe, Kay, and Edgeworth all paling around, and then Raymond also in the back. And Raymond, he's here too, trying so to be, have... like, starting shit. We have quite the entourage. Yeah, and so at this point, Edgeworth and Kay are, are escorted out of the prison because they're no longer allowed to investigate. Yes, because now that DeBest is the prosecutor, uh... There's no reason for Edgeworth to be around. Right. So cut to the next day. Gumshoe calls us and says they arrested a suspect. That guy's name is Simon Keyes. And Edgeworth and Kay, being banned from the investigation, immediately go to the detention center to question him. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> immediately. Um, he's really scared and won't talk to them. Mostly scared of Edgeworth. But eventually you get him to say that he was best friends with Knightley. And he like came to visit him and brought him a portable chessboard. And then Ray shows up and he's like, that's my client. <laughs> he's Keyes' defense attorney. And after, you know, you go back and forth where Ray's trying to start some shit with you about betraying your dad and his legacy for working for Von Karma. And Edgeworth's like, yeah. And then Gumshoe shows up and he's like, actually, he's a good guy. <laughs> like, he's proven that he's not a Von Karma anymore. Actually, pal, there's been a couple games of character <laughs> development. We've taken care of this problem. You just haven't played them, I see. Yeah, uh, you and can so... get the OG port of the first three games now on the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> right, Just yeah. letting you know, pal. That's Yes, exactly. And so Edgeworth's like, let me work for you, Ray. I'll be your apprentice so that way I can continue investigating. And Ray's like, fuck you. And so after this continues for a while, he's finally like, fine. 
you can prove to me that you're a good dude now. Um, and Edgeworth's like, score, I'm using you to investigate. <laughs> don't get, like, don't get twisted. Yeah. Score, I don't have to do anything now. Yeah, and Ray's like, I'm going to tell him about this. But it's really, he means Edgeworth's dad because he uh, he works for the Edgeworth Law Offices still. Anyway, we do this. We go back and we're like, well, better leave the detention center and head to the prison. And we meet Patricia Rowland on the way. She's the warden. She's blonde and has big hair and wears a big, 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 big fur coat. And she says, like, well, the murder happened while there was the animal show in the courtyard. Wow. And we're like, excuse me? The what? <laughs> yeah, and we're like, hey, why didn't anyone tell us this recurring theme? Um, So we're like, who cares about this dumb animal show? We're going to go figure out the scream, right? We find the mm-hmm. scream. It's Frank saw it. You remember Frank saw it. Unfortunately. It's Frank saw it, the first murderer from the first case from the first Ace Attorney game. Um. He's in prison here. He's a pet groomer now. He's a, he's a model prison citizen, and he doesn't want you to forget it. It occurred to me while I was doing this that we don't see Frank Saud's pet. He doesn't have a prison pet. Oh, yeah, we we never see it, but um, he doesn't insinuate that he has his own either. He should. I don't know. We should figure out what his pet would be. A weasel? I don't know. Um. So... We question him. It's long and torturous. Eventually, we discover that his bracelet is broken. His little notifier where you are bracelet is broken. And he can move about freely in the prison and just go wherever he wants. Cool. That's, that's not that's not okay. So we're like, hey, we're going to tattle on you. He we goes, do tattle on him. Oh, fine. Yeah. And uh, he, he reveals also that it was his glove that was on the body. Um, he claims he saw a big black dog biting the, the guy on the neck. And then he went in, after the dog left, he went into the room to loot the body in classic D&D fashion. And then once he heard everyone coming back from the animal show, he screamed in order to cover up what he was, like, cover up for himself when everyone came back, right? Right. So, um, we get, we had the report, I think, from somewhere that one prisoner was not at the show and that person who was not at the show, in addition to Frank saw it, was the owner of the big black dog, whose name is Anubis, and that owner is Sirhan Dogen. Dogen is a serial killer who Edgeworth prosecuted one time, as we all remember. <laughs> yep, totally remember that famous case. That Famously, yeah. Um, Dogen's pretty cool. He's bald and his he's face blind. is... He's He's also blind, yeah. His face is very... Um, skeletal and then his skin is on top of it and it often gets all stretched out depending on what his emotion he's displaying is like the skin gets stretched back or it's weird it's kind of gross but um so he's he's blind and he he used trained dogs to do his murders when he was a serial killer and he also has a special knife um and that the knife has a special bell on it, and the bell matches the knife or matches the bell that's on his dog, and they're two of a kind, right? Special bells, trademark, TM, TM, TM bells. Um, but now he gets to like hang out, and he's in the special cell, which is gigantic, and his hobbies now include whittling with chisels and playing chess. Two very common hobbies for people without <laughs> sight, and uh, and people who are in prison. 
right. who need sharp tools in order to accomplish their hobbies. Yeah, totally. So Edgeworth's immediately like, Dogen did it. It's Dogen. Dogen did it. <laughs> and Dogen's like, good thing that that dude died because they were going to pin that fake assassination of the president on him and make him the fall guy. And Edgeworth's like, oh shit, you're right. The prosecutorial investigation committee is after me because they want to cover up the fake assassination, pretend it was a real assassination, blame Knightley for it, and they just sweep it all under the rug. Shit. Anyway, see you later, Dogen, because because you did it. Um, but we so we go to look elsewhere. We hear the warden saying that she's making sure she makes sure she has conversations with every prisoner in her office. And she's been trying to interrogate Dogen and special ordered all the evidence from his cases so that she can do the interrogations on Dogen. But we're like, guess, guess we'll go back to the room where the guy was. The special, the detention center room. And we investigate there and we learn the floor by the bed was wiped down. We call Gumshoe real quick and we're like, you're not supposed to do this, but could you test that area for blood or whatever? And we also learned that Knightley was playing correspondence chess with Dogen. It's all coming together. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We also find there is a security camera in the detention center cell. And so we review the security camera footage. It's, it is 6 a.m. footage, and it shows someone being attacked by a black blur. So we assume it's a dog. Awesome. It's all coming together. <laughs> <laughs> we leave the detention center cell, and who's there? Shilong Lang's there. And so I, I, he's there and we're like, hey, Shilong Lang, how come you don't have your 100 cop entourage anymore? And he's like, I don't trust cops anymore. I broke up the squad. See you later. Yeah, he, he's, there, he's there for a hot second. He's, yeah, he's goodbye. He's not in the case. Um, is this when we learn now that there's a missing prison uniform? Why, yes, it is. So we've learned there was a missing prison guard uniform. And we also learned that the keys to Knightley's detentions on her cell were missing. Weird. No one told us that earlier. Very weird. Very, very strange. Super weird. Why didn't anyone tell us that? Anyway, Courtney and Sebastian show up and they're like, what are you doing here? And Edgeworth is like, I've got it all figured out. It was Dogen. <laughs> <laughs> And Sebastian's like, we looked everywhere, we can't find the murder weapon. Also, this portable chessboard that your boy had, secret compartment. Ho ho. Uh, ho ho. And why didn't, hey, also, didn't you know that your client was a member of the circus that put on the animal show? No? How come nobody told you that? And so we're like, oh shit, this kid's got us. And when we say this kid, we mean the judge who is escorting the child around puppeting the child basically she's she's doing all the work um but uh so we go back to our client and we're like simon what the fuck and he's like well i did sneak in to the detention center to see nightly because i was supposed to be setting up the animal show in the prison and that's very suspicious and i was afraid that you were going to suspect me so I didn't tell you, but we, me and my boy were really close because we were both orphans together. And um, thus, I didn't murder. I didn't do a murder. <laughs> uh, and we're like, yeah, checks out. You seem very nice. And you had a friend and nobody could ever kill their friend. That's crazy. It is crazy. But like, Michelle and I spent this whole time going, there's literally no motive no, for, there's no motive for him. for Simon to kill to kill Knightley. There's none, zero motive, none whatsoever. Um, but 
Edgeworth also is like, eh, there's no motive. And then Money the Monkey's here also. Michelle's favorite Ace Attorney character. He's just the best. <laughs> um. So yeah, so we're like, oh, I see you work for Barry Big Circus. And he's like, yeah, go check out the courtyard or whatever. So we go to the courtyard where the animal show happened. There's an elephant there whose name is Dolly. Um, and Regina Barry's here. Regina Barry is Simon, um, his boss, our client's boss. She's functionally useless. Wait, what's the elef- What's the elephant's name? The wiki said Dolly. That's not right. What or was least, it? It was something else. Uh, I don't remember, but it was. It was something. I'll I'll I'll, I'll look. But anyway, continue. Yeah, I don't know. Um. Anyway. Um. So we learn during this part that there's part of the stage show with the animals where Simon gets blown off the stage for 15 minutes. So that's the window where they're going to accuse the murder of happening, right? Also, there's a well, and then there's an alligator named Allie, who is the warden's pet, who lives in the courtyard. Frank Sohat's also here, so we're like, what do you want? And he tells us that Dogen is the mysterious supplier where everyone gets their contraband in the prison. But Sohat was really, he really was working on pet grooming and, in fact, covering the animals in mud packs, quote, mud packs, during the time that the show was happening. Um, Estique. Estique the elephant. Estique. Okay, so the translation calls it Estique. I don't know why the wiki calls her Dolly. Weird. It's all fan translation, so I'm sh- I'm sure that's yeah maybe that's more of a literal translation rather than the fandom translation. But anyway, yeah. um, um, so mud packs, the mud packs turn the animals like pitch black. That's said repeatedly. Um, the warden rolls up and says, "Actually, hey, there was three empty seats at the show," and she goes to hang out with her alligator. <laughs> um, Gumshoe's back. And he has missile, and so we're like, oh, yeah, party time. He doesn't just have missile. He has his seven <laughs> secret weapons. <laughs> uh, but we pick missile because we, of course we do. And we have, we decide to have missile track the scent of the body because it smells like cake. That's weird. This is brought up frequently. And uh, so the cake bodies takes us to Dogen's cell only because there's actual literal cake there. And then we have Missile Try again. And this takes us to Jay Elbert's cell. And then behind his punching bag, we find a secret tunnel. And that leads to beneath the detention center bed where the wiped away area was, which we also find out that's traces of blood. And there's also animal tracks inside the tunnel. It's all coming together. <laughs> So there's a mad dash to find Elbert, because clearly he's escaped. There's a tunnel. Um, Edgeworth, extremely sure that it's Dogen. Uh, and now we know how the dog would have gotten the body from the detention center through that bank ball door to the prison, right? That was the one missing thing earlier, theoretically. Mm-hmm. And Warden Roland's like, that Dogen's gonna be a tough nut to crack since I interrogate him all the time and nothing happens. Um... So we get the gang, everybody, back to Dogen's cell. Everybody. Our gang, our team, Sebastian's team, the warden, couple of loose cops, everybody, go to Dogen's cell. And we go back and forth over all the facts, back and forth. Um, and Justine is like, I have a new autopsy report, and he was stabbed multiple times in the neck with a sharp object. It wasn't a dog bite, smartass. And Edgeworth's like, hmm. 
One of Dogen's chisels is missing, and his dog isn't barking at me. So he gets Anubis to, we gets Dogen to get Anubis to open his mouth, and there's a chisel in there with a bell tied to it, and also blood traces. So at this point, we're very sure Dogen did it. So we're quite, we question Dogen, and questioning him reveals that he was playing correspondence chess with Knightley. Oh ho ho. And he admitted that his dog did carry the body to Dogen, but it was already dead at the time. So Dogen's like, shit, this is a dead body. And the dead bo-, and he also like heard the sound of his bell when the dead body was there. And Dogen's like, that's weird because that bell was attached to my special knife, which was taken away from me when I was arrested originally and put into evidence. So he was like, this dead body, someone's trying to frame me. So he got the dog to to hide the body, which is where it was eventually found in the workroom. And the object with the bell attached that he thought was his special knife happened to be this chisel. But he didn't know that because he's blind. Uh, And so since, so he had the dog hide it in his mouth thinking it was his special knife. Um, And uh, we ran fingerprints, only Knightley's fingerprints are on the chisel. So that's weird. Edgeworth, this is devastating. This means Dogen didn't do it. Our entire case is ruined. It's crumbling around us just like a, a dry piece of cake. Yeah, so what now? Um, so we're like, well, better review the security of footage again. Good thing that, good thing uh, Gumshoe has um, Mr. Analysis, one of his seven secret weapons. Uh, <laughs> it's a VHS player. <laughs> it's a VHS player. So we look, we look at the footage with Mr. Analysis. It also lets us enhance, enhance. Um, and it turns out the figure where the black blur attacked it um, was a person wearing a prison uniform. And it clicks. Edgeworth's like, oh, that's actually Jay Elbert wearing a stolen prison uniform trying to escape. And that black figure is his polar bear who likes to hang around his neck and be cute. But why is it black instead of white? Well, that's because Frank saw it in his special mud packs that turn animals pitch black, as we said multiple times. And the time is 6, 6 a.m. instead of during the animal show because there was a power outage. That's what we learned from the guards. Weird how nobody told us that earlier. Anyway... <laughs> nobody's telling us anything in this case anyway um speaking of rocky the polar bear he runs up and jumps on one of the guards who was in the room and so that means it's jay elbert so we found him time to question him um he didn't kill Knightley. he says he didn't even see a body when he was trying to escape he actually didn't even dig the entire damn tunnel from his cell to the detention center turns out it was already partially there from his cell to that to that well that's in the middle of the uh um courtyard and he just continued it to the detention center, and he was trying to escape, and his bear ruined it. So, um... Rocky loves you. Because Rocky loves you, and you were, uh, you decided to escape without him for some reason. Why didn't you just take him with you? But whatever. Um, anyway, the tunnel always smells like cake. He says candy, but let's be real here. It's, it's cake. They, they, they change what they say. Sweet thing, cake, candy, like... It's no matter which one you give me, it smells, it's like a sweet smell. And I'm very upset that I was like, it smells like cake. That's, and they're all like, yeah, it smells like cake. And no one seems bothered by this. Yeah, nobody's like, that's weird as hell. Um, but we're like, hell yeah, time to investigate the well. And the warden's like, actually, no, it's bedtime. Get out of my prison. <laughs> so you're all kicked out. It's like 8 p.m., I think. No, it's I, not it's, even 8 yet. It's whatever the nighttime call is for the prisoners the the um roll call so oh, yeah that's why you get kicked out um ostensibly so the next day we go to the courtyard 
but it's been reset to normal instead of, you know, preserving the the animal show set up for some reason. Luckily, we have Kay and Little Thief, so we use that to investigate. We learn, during this time, that Simon Keyes used the well and then a rigging system of weights in order to do his stunt of being blown away during the show, so the weights would fall into the well and he would get dragged backwards. But part of it's missing. So Gumshoe and one of his seven secret weapons, a metal detector, we find it. All the weights. They're near the alligator pond. And then also the metal detector reacts to the alligator. Weird. That's weird. The alligator doesn't look very good either. No, the alligator looks sick. And people have have remarked. Specifically Regina Berry. Yeah. So we deduce that instead of the weights during the show, it was actually the body that was hidden in the well. And that's what dropped down when Simon did his stunt. Thus, the mur into the cake tunnel is what I have written here. It dropped into the cake tunnel. (laughs) The murder happened earlier than the animal show. Also, there's a blocked door here which leads to a circuit room. And the warden has the only key to the circuit room. Hmm. Hmm. So, Judge Courtney shows up and Sebastian shows up. And he and we go back and forth and back and forth. Anyway, here's what had happened. Roland, the warden, had been supplying Dogen with contraband. This is because he threatened her and her family with his henchmen, who exist outside the prison. Warden Roland made the incorrect assumption that those henchmen were people and not dogs. Uh... (laughs) They could be people. It's they could never be clear. People. It's never cleared up if Dogen has only dogs or if Dogen has a array of people he calls his dogs. I, I, it is, it is never made clear. Um, but I'm willing to bet that they're dogs. Anyway, so she used Frank Saw to help her supply contraband to Dogen. This involved cutting the power once a week, storing the contraband in the well, and spraying it with some cake perfume, so that Dogen's dog would smell it and go pick it up. Mean like this, so the night of the murder was actually a drop-off day for contraband. During this time, she tried to interrogate, like during the entirety of her blackmail history, she tried to interrogate Dogen and get his henchmen, like outside um, the prison, to be caught so that she would be safe. But this didn't work because they're dogs. <laughs> anyway, so she, at this point, she's desperate. Nothing, nothing's working. She's being blackmailed. She's out of control. Like, her prison's out of control. Then Knightley shows up. She interrogates Knightley because she interrogates everybody because she's weird and she treats the prisoners as her family. But she's interrogating Knightley and she discovers that he's connected to Dogen through correspondence chess and that his secret chessboard has a chisel hidden in the secret compartment. Whoa. This freaks her out. So she uses Dogen's special knife and stabs him in the neck a bunch. And she goes, aha, perfect. Now I have someone who's connected to Dogen so I can I can frame him in order to get him transferred out of my prison because he's blackmailing me. So since she has all the evidence, she frames him, hides the knife uh, by forcing Allie the alligator to eat it. And this is proven when Regina Berry gets the alligator to open its mouth because she's good at animals mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whoa so we got her uh it was the warden and her break animation is that her big big fur coat explodes into a bunch of voles rats gophers hamsters what were i think what what were they my vote is voles 
Vol sounds better because uh, they're too like because she has her her fox around her neck. Yeah, uh, and so they're too big to be additional foxes. Um, trying to like look. Let's just say let's say voles or some sort of A little fuzzy brown rodents. Yeah. Um, and then it's revealed underneath her like fur coat of voles that she's wearing. Gasp! A prison uniform underneath it. <gasps> How tacky. Whoa. So Courtney, uh, so this is, you know, cleaned up. Case is closed. Courtney just has to get one last little dig in, though. So she's like, hey, Edgeworth, the truth is not important to the world as you think it is. And that the law is not to be be bent to the will of one single person. And you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Get out of here. And so you go talk to your client. You're like, we did it. You're cleared. And Simon Keyes is really sad because his oldest and closest friend did a murder and also is dead now, which are both things that would make you sad. And we give him some pretty disturbing bullshit advice and stuff about how it's okay that his most trusted friend tried to get him to smuggling contraband for the purposes of escaping the detention center because that means he trusted you. But we don't want to talk about that, so get out of here. This works for some reason. Yeah, he's inspired. He's like, I'm going to be the best animal trainer ever in honor of my friend who did a murder, um, who had no care at all for animals that we knew of. He only liked chess and guns. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. According to the wiki, uh, that her coat is entirely made of live foxes. So the wiki thinks it's foxes. But they look much smaller than the white one around her neck. So, Yeah. Maybe. Um, anyway, Ray's, Ray's like, good job, kid, and also if you want to come back and work at the Edgeworth Law Offices, for realsies, that'd be cool. Remember your dream, your childhood dream of being a defense attorney? And all our friends, like Kay and Gumshoe, are like, oh, that's dumb. Edgeworth's a prosecutor. And Edgeworth's like, I had a Kay, maybe. The end. <laughs> Case closed. Case closed. So overall thoughts and feelings on the case, uh, I enjoyed this case a lot. We didn't talk about the main thing, which was uh, eat free, live free in prison. There is a sign that says eat free, live free in prison, which is a great sign. It's a great sign, except it is uh, it is really interesting. I was I, I was laying in bed, not sleeping one night this past week. And I was like, to think like if you take that sentiment and put it through all of Ace Attorney Universe, like, take it literally, like, that's how the justice system thinks about prisoners, that that's a good way to eat free and live free. Like, how does that, aff- like, how is fucked up is Japanifornia? Pretty fucked up, yeah. Well, that's why, I mean, they also have the death penalty. So. Right. <laughs> Which I know is a contentious opinion on my part, but, like... Well, the thing is, so, uh, the thing about that is Frank Solid is, like, trying to become a model prisoner so he can, he can one day get out of prison, right? Yeah. Uh, but no one actually really says to Frank Saw it, like, yes, and he's going to, you know, he's doing a good job and he'll one day get out of prison if he keeps this up. Like, no one actually ever confirms that belief. A person in authority does not confirm Frank Saw it's rehabilitation belief. That's true, yeah. Um, because I was I was paying attention for that, because we have Frank Saw it and we have Dogen, and... It doesn't sound like Dogen's ever going to get out. No. Well, but he also did a lot of murders, whereas Frank theoretically only did one murder. Right. Uh, And I believe he probably only did the one murder. And uh, I do believe that, like, he's trying to get a better sentence. 
So that might be a possibility. And so everybody we prosecute on the whole do done fuck up real bad. Yeah. So it's unclear. Yeah, it is. I think, um, I don't know. Mm. Like, I don't think Manfred's, Manfred can get parole, you know? No, I don't think Manfred can get parole. But the concept of parole, even, who knows? Well, I think, well, mostly what we learned in this case is that the prison system in Japan is far more fucked up than we possibly could have imagined. It's true. And maybe, like, if you do real good in prison, you just get transferred to a better prison. You know, you get to live the, the gap, the, the Gavin, uh... Oh, yeah, the Christoph Armchair. Gavin lifestyle. Yeah, it, it's, you know, those are those are possibilities, but obviously we don't know enough to make firm yeah. guesses, I guess. Uh, I don't know. How do you feel, Michelle, through this case? I like this one. I, I mean, in this, in this summary, I often described the chess parts as torturous, but I don't think that's entirely true. It's only the only parts that, like, feel torturous, and I don't think, like interrogating um the boxer guy was a problem it's just frank saw it's just awful. <laughs> frank saw it is awful um and, but i i really like dogan he kind of rules he's so cool and i would want to i actually want to know what happened with dogan's case that would be very fun to play oh yeah i agree but that's again that's those like ace attorney colorful villains right that's the that's the you love to hate them villains right Right. Like, he's in jail for a good reason, and, like, good job, Edgeworth, for getting him in prison, because he clearly did done do those murders. Uh, but I, I want to know if those, like, what those stakes felt like, because to get someone of that caliber has got to have some good, juicy, like, case stakes. Yeah. And he was doing a lot of murders, at the. it sounded like. He was, like, I don't know, a lot. Yeah, it did sound like quite a few. Um, let's see. Uh... I mean, really, it was just Frank Sott was the worst part of this case. Uh, your client, Simon Keyes, is kind of, like, almost not relevant <laughs> himself. No, yeah, for the most part, I think he's um, a means to an end of of just, like, trying to be a harmless... So, like, they just don't want you to suspect him at all, in the least, at any point. And I think that I don't necessarily like the character like i think they could have done something they could have made simon like more likable and i think that was entirely in the art design of simon keese's <laughs> like, uh yeah his like pink frumpy sweater his like tiny little like pigtails so money the monkey can control him like a yeah puppet. i forgot about that yeah money the monkey comes and ratatouille's him at one point but like that's his bit with with money the monkey and a lot of his expressions are like see no evil hear no evil speak no evil so he'll cover his mouth or he'll cover his eyes and he's just a very frightened person yeah and it's it's just for me it's not like it's it doesn't work it's just like it's uninteresting yeah um i do like i don't love regina berry but like i do appreciate the regina berry comeback yeah, and she was useful in the... She kind of filled a role that I think only Regina Berry could have in this case, which is being vapid and not having information for us, but also being able to tell us about animals and help with animals. Which honestly was, like, yeah, a very good niche that she filled for this case. Like, I think that they actually, like, 
her cameo was relevant rather than just a cameo. Like, yeah. It wasn't also like we had like a huge parade of very big circus characters come back. Like, you know, they didn't bring, the, we we mentioned Mo, but we don't see him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so which is kind of like a good, like, I don't need to see Mo to know the circus is doing well. Obvious, like, I don't. I can't say, obviously, they're doing well. They're doing prison shows. It probably pays well. I I think this is a prison. Like, the prison shows are a tax write-off for the circus, you know? Yeah, and they do them once a week, so it's a pretty hefty tax. So Mo's doing great, is what that means. Yeah. He's getting a hefty tax write-off. But Regina uh, is doing great also. Like, she's getting better from where she was as when she was younger. Yeah. She is vapid. You know, she, uh, Kay wants to recruit her for the Yagatarasu. I don't think that's going to happen, my dear. <laughs> well, she um, gave that up quick, I think. Yeah. She had to. Uh, you know, but uh, the inclusion of the animals also didn't feel, like, pandering ex- a little bit. But, like, the the circus animals, like a Steak the Elephant, uh, the Alligator, uh, money really wasn't an issue. Um the polar bear Rocky was kind of pandery feeling or just like caricature feeling. I liked the fox around uh, Patricia Rowland's neck. It was very Yeah, but I kind of felt bad for it when she was doing her break animation. <laughs> yeah. Like she started squeezing it. Um, it was cute. I like Dogan's dog. He's a good Anubis. boy. He's uh, a very good boy. At one point you see Polly the parrot off in the corner. Oh, yeah. You, you were not allowed to question him. We tried. No, you don't get to talk to him. Um... But that should have fucked Edgeworth up some more than it did. <laughs> um, but, uh, I, you know, I thought Rocky the Polar Bear was not so bad, but... I, I'm really curious why they didn't give Frank one. I, I wonder if Frank has one, but it's shitty, so he keeps it in his cell. Maybe. It's a fish. Like maybe maybe has, Frank has a fish, or like a turtle. <laughs> you know, something you don't take with you. Yeah. Or let roam around. Because there were cats also roaming around. Right, yeah. But I feel like, or maybe, because, like, all prisoners are given, like, the, the the fact that all prisoners are given a prison pet to take care of, and it doesn't matter that they can be exotic animals that shouldn't survive in the climate of a prison. Yeah. Well, it's also it's... real fucked that, like, Polly the parrot is there, which means that he got to bring in his own parrot, and also Dogen's serial killer dog, he got to bring in his own dog, which he's trained to do crime. <laughs> It is fucked because, like, for Polly the parrot, you could be like, "Well, actually, Polly's just fucking arrested, and that's his cell." That's true. Polly could be in prison, um, <laughs> but Dogen's dog is literally Dogen's a murder dog that he gets to keep, which is pretty weird. Yeah, pretty weird. Uh, it's pretty weird. It's one of those things where it's like that shouldn't happen, but because it's the whimsy of an Ace Attorney game, yeah, uh, I'm willing just to let it, you know, slide. I guess. Yeah, I'm not gonna necessarily hold up the entire like and be like they shouldn't have that. Nobody wants to talk about policy regulation in the middle of an Ace Attorney game. <laughs> this is why when I see those videos on YouTube that are like a real lawyer looks at the Ace Attorney franchise, I never fucking click on them because I no. am a real lawyer, so I know that we're insufferable, and I don't want someone to just fun suck the series. So I'm sorry if sometimes I fun suck the series. I dearly love this series. <laughs> Well, I, I think we try to do a good job of separating, like, well, no, no, I guess, like, separating, like, you know, like, video game fiction, because we're yeah. we're nerds and we're here for the video game fiction, and being like, well, how would this translate, like, to Panifornia law, between California and Japan law? That one time we tried to figure out how much money Phoenix Wright would actually make as a lawyer. That's true, we did that one time. 
so like you know we do i don't, I don't think we, we we fun suck we mostly do critical analysis of characters on, yeah, this, on this podcast that's the meat we really care about but there was i mean like not that i've done it but i do we have a friend named anthony and anthony is always either recommending me a podcast where lawyers talk about lawyer fiction or recommending that i start a podcast with him where we talk about lawyer stuff in lawyer fiction and both of those sound insufferable to me anthony doesn't know anything about law why would that be fun for him no, he would be like the straight man. Anthony wants has many podcasts he wants to start with me. <laughs> and none of them happen. Well, he doesn't want to start them with me, so I'm offended. <laughs> Look, do you want to be on our Kingdom Hearts podcast that we'll never get off the ground? If only I could be the straight man who goes, I don't understand, who's Sora? You don't know, yeah. See, if you want to be the straight man who knows nothing about Kingdom Hearts, that'd be fine. Except you do know stuff about Kingdom Hearts. I do, but I immediately forget it turns out. <laughs> That's okay. It's hard. It is hard, but that's okay. Uh, back to Ace Attorney, though. I don't know. I I enjoyed myself with this case. I think it was it was a good Ace Attorney case. the The biggest gripe I had was the the probably that that the dead body smelled like cake, and everyone was cool with that. <laughs> yeah, I I guess yeah. As far as like things that break immersion is like, hey, why is nobody being like, why does the body smell like cake? I think at one point Gumshoe says the body smells like cake, and Edward's like, that's stupid. <laughs> Don't say that <laughs> because that's ridiculous. And the answer is like, but it did. But it, but it, it yeah. But and it, it was, it was strange. It was good to use missile. It was fun to use the part of the seven wonders that Gumshoe had. <laughs> seven uh, secret the weapons. Um, but sorry, seven secret weapons. Uh, I think we got like a good like Shilong Link did pop in and was ominous, and that was kind of strange. I think he. Um, I think that was some foreshad. It was sort of like let's introduce Shilong Link so that you remember him for later. Yeah, um, I think we had like K. K was was good throughout gumshoe was good throughout ray kind of for, you forget he's there a lot yeah ray has a he also has a bad tendency to like hit on all the women in a creepy way um call himself uncle ray which is himself, not great yeah uncle ray but um he so he rays like around and he's just kind of another voice in the in the back until like a lady shows up and then he's inappropriate in this case uh, I don't dislike Ray. I just think he's inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like Ray. Basically, is I like Ray, but I don't like this part about Ray's uh, personality. Personality, yeah. Uh, but uh, it does it does feel like a little bit like Edgeworth has quite the entourage. This case, he really does. And like continuing into the next game, we or in the next case, we keep the entourage. Like we are, it is. Not that I wanted them to remove Gumshoe or Kay, but they wanted to give Edgeworth a new sidekick in Ray and one that will have like relevance to his backstory and character growth and stuff. Um, but they wanted to give him that without removing another sidekick. <laughs> yeah, so we remove Gumshoe for a second, but then come back. He comes back. Uh, yeah, and then it actually it's just like it be- this case. I say- would say becomes very crowded with characters. Because we do have Edgeworth plus the entourage of Gumshoe K, Ray, and then we have Justine and Sebastian as a tag team. So we yeah. have quite a lot of characters, plus if Dogen's in the room. Or if Dogen or Regina else. or, you know, or saw it, like whoever we're talking to who is relevant to the case case, like, yeah, we've just got like 
scores. And we also often had the the warden just kind of fucking hanging out. So, so yeah. it, was, it was pretty crowded uh, all the time. Uh, I would say that we were like, Dogen rules, he might be the murderer. And then at, like a third of the way through the case, Michelle's just like, ah, yes, the warden, the murderer of the case. <laughs> like, you know? The, yeah, there was a small period where Do- it could have been Dogen, but it stopped being able to be Dogen long before. I thought like it was it was a pretty fake out move to have the serial killer scary boy do the thing. Um, but there was a period before Dogen was introduced where they faked us out into t- to thinking it was Manfred von Karma who was in the uh, special cell. Yeah, that was awful. Yeah, it was, I didn't enjoy being faked out like that, but also I spent a lot of time during that portion being like, Von Karma would never have a dog. (laughs) Well, according to the anime, he let Edgeworth have the dog. Anime Manfred, as we discussed, is not, that's a different person. (laughs) And then we also, but we do in canon know that Manfred Von Karma's granddaughter has a dog named Phoenix. It's true. So he doesn't potentially hate dogs but he might but it's uh, unlikely his prison pet would be a dog yeah i don't know what his prison pet would be i don't know i spent some time thinking about this because i figured we'd talk a little bit about it not manfred's but dahlia um i don't think dahlia would have a a furry pet i I think she would not have a non-mammal but i don't know what that is like i don't want to just be like a snake because like that's too on the nose and real snakes are kind of dopey and cute, and I don't think she would be into it. But also, like, I don't want to just be like, she'd have butterflies because she has butterflies, right? Like, Because she already got those. Um, I don't know. It is it is worth continuing to think about. until Maybe we... a chameleon or, like, a lizard. A chameleon would be thematic for her, right? It would be thematic. Uh... I mean, I feel like I don't think she would not necessarily have a cat, you know? Cat would be a- the the only mammal that I think she would tolerate. Yeah, I mean, like, I do think Dahlia would not want to have fur on any of her possessions or clothing. I do believe that. But I also think a cat is kind of fitting of her personality also. But uh, cats are, as Skelly came and attacked you in the middle of this, cats are too affectionate sometimes, and she is never affectionate. <laughs> I mean, like Skelly is a is a trash dumpster uh, cat who wants affection, and has left me because I was not giving him adequate affection. Right. Uh, but there are cats who are old and crotchety and don't want to be touched. Even the most asshole old cat, though, still wants to be pet sometimes. Maybe, maybe Dahlia's got that kind of cat that only wants to be pet, but it actually just wants to be fed. Maybe. I don't know, but it's I could keep I could keep thinking about that one. Uh, I'm not sold on it by any means, but it is hard to think of somebody like Manfred or Dahlia having a pet. But I think I think it's worth the conversation next time. Yeah, next time I think we should we should rank all the animals, but we should also talk about every like prison pets for some of the key murderers. Well, Skelly, you heard I was talking shit, huh? You're back. Shelly the killer clearly has Shoe the cat, right? Oh yeah, he kept Shoe, which is not even his cat. He took Shoe. <laughs> Somebody had to take care of Shoe. Yeah. Shelly's not in prison, though, so... No, he's not. But uh, it is it is good to know where Shoe went, and that's where I think Shoe went. I think that's where Shoe went. 
All right. Well, uh, please, if you haven't sent your prison pets or your Ace Attorney animal ranking, by all means, you can email us at objecttothispodcast at gmail.com. If you have any thoughts or feelings about the second case and you want to talk about it or you want us to go into a theory you have or fight fight me about something, whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, you can always email us or you can send it to our podcast at or sorry, our Tumblr at objecttothis.tumblr.com. Skelly, you almost fucking fell off my lap. <laughs> he almost didn't make the jump. Uh, sorry. Uh, if you wanna, if you wanna see more Skelly jumping on my lap, you can come to our streams on Friday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, U.S. Uh, we are in the middle of the third case, uh, continuing to play that with our friend Kevin from the Doctor Game Design Podcast, and also of Bug Snacks fame. <laughs> if you want to catch up on those, you can go to find them on YouTube. Check the description for all these links. Thank you, Dark Shadow Rage 2 off the YouTubes for the use of our theme song, Hey Pal, a Detective Gumshoe remix. Thanks, RD002, for the Manfred song at the end. More from RD002's album that she did with her classmates in college, and they're donating money. Um, also, if you want to find us, find us on Podbean. That's our home. That's our home. And we are on Stitcher, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts. Uh, rate and review us if you're listening over there. We'd appreciate it. Um, but I think that's going to do it for this, this episode. Uh, stay safe out there. Um, there's a lot, lot going on in the world and we all love and care about you. Yeah. Uh, so in the meantime, I'm Stephanie. I'm Michelle. And that's Skelly over here. And that was object to this. So why don't you object to that? Wrapped up with foil and selfishness, it gives you more joy than a pumpkin. Oh, and she sleeps until your bloodstream poisons you. You must have kissed it, so don't know what to do. So you come in a tattoo all your scruples. I got a bad, bad feeling. I got a 